Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. This week on the Route 16 Grind. In the outdoor update, Ethan covers outdoors hunting and fishing closures. From the field, I will talk about my youngest son's first turkey hunt. In the on-target segment, special guest host Instructor One Ron Holmes from Riker USA talks about military life while deployed compared to the current stay-at-home policy. Have a routine, have a plan, plans change, make a new one. We have a double feature from Nikki G, then we wrap up the show with a cup of joe. Route 16 Grind, Episode 19. Live free! The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by C-State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. The Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your... What's going on, everybody? It's me, Ethan. We're here, Brian and I today, and we are joined by a special guest, Ron, with Riker. Ron, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on today. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me. I love when I can be a part of this show, and it's fun, and I love seeing, uh, you know, one of the things we, we've talked about in the past is veterans doing something different than they did when they were veterans. Yeah, Ron, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, we got a big show, everybody. A lot of ground to cover, but just to let you know, we're not going to have a Rock, Mud, and Dirk segment. Uh, we're going to focus a lot of attention on kind of like the coronavirus situation, offer you some information you need to know, some things you can consider, and as well, some, way, some ways uh, that you can help yourself. We appreciate your posts and feedback. One of the best ways to help out the show is to post a five-star review with your feedback on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. This helps us grow the Route 169 audience, and we also get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts today. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. Back to the outdoor update. This is the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, and information from the recent going on in the outdoor world. And this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the outdoors, fishing, hunting, the, the everything is getting postponed and closed due to the COVID 19 pandemic. And from my end, right now, couple the foreseeable future ASAs, IBO shoots, they're all canceled. Uh, indoor PSAA, PSAA states got canceled. The North Carolina states got canceled. Nationals got canceled. So there is a, a, an 
ultimate hold on a lot of these competitive shoots that got canceled, as well as I've had a couple people share some articles with me. There's a multitude of states right now that are pushing back seasons, um, not only you know fishing seasons, but hunting seasons. And this uh, has been reported to impact over 300,000 uh, individuals that you know, creates revenue for the outdoor conservation industries. And it's just, it's absolutely impacting society in every single way. And it's, it's something that I wanted to bring up this week. And I, I don't know, gentlemen, how is it in, impacting you? You know, one of my biggest uh, concerns is some people like hunting, fishing, that is their way of providing protein into their daily, daily life. Um, so that's a big concern. You know, Ron, you talked about accesses like to, like, as you live on the coast, you know, accesses to get out on the water are being closed down. That's correct. Uh, the, you know, in Wilmington, North Carolina, the beaches have been closed for almost a month. And as of last Friday, 1730, they put out a, uh, an order that says all public and private boat ramps are closed. And I don't think that many people are, um, you know, are adhering to that. But I do, I understand some of it, but I also, uh, you know, agree with what you said there. There are a lot of people out there, even small businesses, you know, that, that provide, you know, their efforts on the water to collect fish and, you know, catch fish and then sell them, you know, not just eat them for their family, but that's how they feed their family and, you know, provide for their family. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting times. Right. You have restaurant, you know, you got restaurants that are open doing the delivery and doing carry out kind of stuff, but yet they're not getting maybe some of those menu items that might be top sellers for them that might attract someone to that restaurant because they don't have the fishermen on the water in your area. So that's a good point. I got to say, too, I did read that in Florida, they're actually giving out citations, negative citations, not like a, I caught my biggest fish citation. But it tickets on the water for people that aren't abiding by, you know, the stay-at-home order and social distancing, which, uh, to me, if you're outdoors, you know, on the water, in the woods, I think that's the very best form of social distancing, but, you know. I think it's interesting for you to, or in order for you to even give that citation, don't you have to close in that social distancing? That's exactly right. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's it's just yeah yeah I think there should be some common sense in it and I know I looked on a Uwari page uh, just last cute couple days and they had a post basically like it looked like the boat ramps in that area at least when I read it were open and they did mention hey it's cool to still you know use these access points but you know just practice good social distancing and I think it's just something. That you naturally do, common sense, being an adult, like no different, you know, I go to the grocery store, I go to, you know, Walmart, whatever I go to, I just respect people's space now more than ever because of that social distancing. And you just apply it in your daily life. I mean, I think a little bit of it too is that these are little inconveniences, but you know, the reality is this, this is opportunity for people to have more control. And they're using something to have more control. And I honestly feel that we're all adults. And if we allow these little things to happen, the bigger they're just going to stay. If you're one of those people who are truly affected by this, whether you're out of a job, whether you're someone that this is your livelihood um, or simply you enjoy that activity, Washington State, cutting down on hunting, you know, you need to say something. I mean, you absolutely need to say some. And I'm not telling, I'm not trying to advocate that we need to show up in groups of thousands and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what I'm getting at is there is a common sense, there's common ground, I believe. And you know what? No one needs to tell me how to be an adult. That's kind of how I look at it. Right. And it's just like, 
think about the last time you were in a, a gathering, whether it be it hunting or fishing. Okay, maybe short of being on a, a pier or something on the beach, to where you've been in a group of more than just you, you and your kid, or you and maybe three other adult males, you know, or females. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I don't think that this should be impacted by this. I, I feel that social distancing is an aspect. It, is practiced by this inherently. So I, I don't know how how this current pandemic, other than you know uh, using it as a stereotype, is affected by this current pandemic. You know, get out, get outdoors. I mean, what better way to get away from people? But to give tickets to condemn, you know, seasons to push them back. I mean, I, I think that's making a major impact on society right now, the outdoor world. Yeah, and you know, and and you mentioned a lot of different like nonprofits are absolutely being decimated right now. Uh, people that do some great things for the outdoor community, but it's not even that. I mean, think of just general nonprofits being affected by this because people aren't showing up at donation centers. People aren't picking up those items they might need from. I, I noticed like a food bank out here, you know, kind of thing being shut down because of all this. It's just uh, amazing. But like you said, like getting outdoors to me, that's one of the activities that we can actually balance some of this out. And taking that away, I don't think is going to be good. I I get the impact of this. I do understand that, let's say, hey, I'm healthy, but maybe I'm carrying this, you know, horrible, horrible virus and I could contaminate other people. I get that aspect of it. That's why, you know, when I don't need to be running around the public, I don't. But I should not be limited in my movement just because of, you know, someone is trying to control me a little bit more. I don't know. What do you think, Ron? I, I think that we, we, you, or you said it, you know, you're, no one needs to tell you how to be an adult. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's scary to see all the businesses that are being affected by this negatively. One of the things I was actually just trying to look up to get the name of the foundation. My sister-in-law, um, got part of this group here in Wilmington and what they're doing is they're going around and for a $10 donation, uh, to you Venmo it to an account, uh, they're going and they're taking funny pictures of you on your, on your front stoop here. And all that money is going to the food bank here in Wilmington to help, you know, those, those that were already struggling, uh, to provide. So there, there's in this, there are people trying to get, you know, get things going um, and, and help and help the community, uh, you know, because when it comes down to it, it's, it, it just gets, you know, it takes a really hard right and goes really bad. It's going to be the neighborhoods. It's going to be the communities. Not trying to go all conspiracy theory on you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of the things. I think the outdoors is a good balance. And when you take that away, like where I live right now, they establish some silly curfew. Like to me, a curfew does not hinder this at all. Uh, for like you got teenagers and stuff. It's to me, it's just going to create more of that. It's kind of like no different than being in the military. You tighten that news when, when it's finally released, they're just going to go crazy. So <laughs> there needs to be a balance and stuff like that. I, I don't think people, I think they're just utilizing this because this also ties to money, y'all. So when a county says, hey, we have to declare an emergency because we have one case of COVID or eight cases, or it's, you know, when you have a population base much more larger than, you know, a few hundred, and but you're still declaring a state of emergency, that means that they open the doors to get funding for 
whatever they, you know, get funding for. So I know a lot of it has to do is tied to federal dollars. And it's a way to get that money into, for me, it's a village, a town, city, whatever the case may be. So it's much bigger than this. But I, I, I think one thing that we need to look at too is how do we communicate effectively to our leaders and saying, hey, look, this may not be the best course of action. This is not something. And, and being able to communicate, I think that's the most important thing. We can all be angry. We can all be mad. But just doing that isn't enough. You actually have to take a proactive measure. You have to get involved. And you have to be able to be a person who can be communicating effectively to that leadership and be receptive of things, too. Um, that's one thing I, I think we all need to learn a little bit better sometimes is there are other sides to this. There are things that we don't understand involved, but as we allow that, as we allow ourselves to learn those things, we understand that a little bit so we can attack it a little bit better. So we can look at the proper ways to change it. And I think the big thing too, is when you go to that voting booth, don't vote just red or blue vote for the right person. That's the biggest problem. The Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. This week, I'm going to share with you an amazing experience I had with my son, Austin, on his very first turkey hunt. This is going to be awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I can't, I've can't. i been so excited to tell you all this story uh, all week. So here it goes. So my son and I, we went out. My son won a guided turkey hunt at a QDMA, Quality Deer Management Association event, this last fall here in the Sand Hills of North Carolina. And so he had a piece of property that uh, this wonderful guy, Chris, owned, and uh, we had a no-kidding professional caller that joined us. So my son and I, we got up early, got up like at 4.30 in the morning, and then we drive out, and we just go get breakfast, and we, you know, we're, we're at a McDonald's. So I was like, yeah, just get takeout, you know, whatever the case, obviously, nowadays. And I park in a Walgreens parking lot, and I don't even use a parking spot. I just park like in three parking spots because it's, you know, five in the morning, no big deal. Well, then my Jeep doesn't start if we're done. So I shut it off and it doesn't start. I mean, it is not clicking, nothing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm thinking, it can't be the battery. I mean, it's not the battery. I was a brand new starter, all these things. So I hit up the the guys uh, who's, you know, taking us out there. And I say, hey man, my Jeep's not starting. I'm thinking, I just ruined this opportunity for my son. And he says, hey, I'll come pick you up. So I literally put my Jeep in neutral and I put my son in the driver's seat and I pushed this thing into a parking spot. So that was a wonderful experience. And we just left my Jeep there, got all our stuff, and we went out to his property. And it was about 20 minutes away, so it wasn't too bad. And I was very appreciative of him to come pick us up. Well, we by the time we get settled, we link up with the caller and the guy that's really going to pretty much take my son out. Um, it's seven in the morning when we're actually no kidding in the field. He's in his spot where he's starting to call in uh, turkeys. It was literally a rock concert, y'all. So the first couple calls went out. It was uh, like a crow call. And dude, all you heard was all these gobbles, like in three different areas, left, right, and then in front of me. And then my son and the guide, you know, went in the caller, went and found a spot they were going and he kept calling and you just heard nothing but noise. The problem is, is they were very hand up. 
So we sat in that one spot for, and me and the other guy, we're way back. We're about, you know, easily a hundred yards, 150 yards away offset from my son and, and the other gentleman. And, um, they're just not coming out. And as far as hand up, you know, the gobbler, the male turkey, he already has his ladies. He's pretty content. And, you know, they're, they might be off the roost, but they're, they're just not coming out and they're not really interested yet. So they come back and we're like, okay, let's move. So we went throughout this day from seven o'clock to one. We moved to like four different spots. Every time got calls back every time. And anyone that's ever been out, uh, turkey hunting knows there are days where you may not even get a call. And I'm telling you, it was just mind blowing to hear these returns. I was, it was the first day of, of you season. So I was expecting something, but I was expecting that type of noise. You know, we, they came into one field, uh, there's like three or four Jake's that were in there. So young male turkeys, um, and they didn't really, you know, have anything there. But so one o'clock came around, it started to heat up. It was about 40 to 45 degrees in the morning. Then in the afternoon, about one, it went up to like 72, 75. So it started to heat up a little bit and we kind of just called it. And I was like, all right, man, you know, hey, and it was great. I was not upset, you know, but there just was an opportunity for my son to take a shot on a bearded turkey, whether it be a bearded hen or a gobbler. So, you know, we get back, he takes us back to, you know, Walgreens and I'm sad because my Jeep's not starting. I call my wife up. She's come gets my son, all that. And I had to get my Jeep towed. So I went to the dealer, found out what the issue was. Got, it was a tiny, tiny piece. So don't sweat the small stuff is very much what it comes down to. It was a tiny connector that went onto the starter and it was not sending a signal to the starter to engage. And that's really what it was. So it was an electrical issue, which I thought it was going to be. Um, and it was a quick fix, you know, new connector, boom, fix that. Call my son up. Hey, you want to go back out? The guy already said, Hey, if you get it fixed, you can go back out. He's like, yeah, awesome. So I go pick him up. We get all the gear again. We get dressed back up. Boom. We head out. We go out to the, to back out to there. And by the time we got back into the field, it's probably about five o'clock. Now sundown is about 745, somewhere around that area on that day. So we do not have a lot of time. So we're being bold. So initially we got into a blind, uh, that had some really great wheatgrass around it. And there was some action around that earlier call, you know, did some gobbles, did some hen calls, nothing, you know, like, oh man. Well, we had a lot of uh, big open fields next to us. So I said, Hey, let's go in the fields and let's go take a look. Kid you not, man. When we first got into that field, I put my, uh, you know, my, my binos on it and there was two sets of turkeys out there and I was doing some calls, you know, and gobble, nothing, do some hen call, nothing. And we're, we're kind of moving up on one edge of the field and either my son or I, one of us, we moved a little bit too much and that group saw us and all I did was button up and took off. I mean, they were gone and we're like, oh man, I really thought we were burnt. So this time it was probably around 6.15 ish. So I'm like, dang it. So we get back, we you know find a couple areas in the brush and we're starting looking and then I see two uh, movement of two different groups in another field. And I was like, Austin, look. And we're looking, literally stalked into the field, low crawled on our bellies, everything. Did these little hen calls. And it was that sweet call, that long call. And I don't have my dang, uh, you know, box call with me. And literally, I only took a box call, too, for you all to know. I took a box call. That's all I used. And, you know, long, you know, that, squil- that, that you know, sweet talking hen, right? That's all I did. And 
these guys were totally interested, man, in this group. And we're literally approaching them and they're approaching us and we're low crawling and there's like this tall grass and I'm looking through the grass. I kid you not, by the time they got so close to us, I think I could have honestly jumped on one. It's grab, put my arm out and grab one by the neck, but I, I obviously I didn't do that. And I'm looking at the whole time. This is the very first time my son, you know, has ever hunt Turkey. And so I put this on me, my, you know, after the, my son didn't really know at what point he was going to engage. I think he knew when he was against a tree, cause we already had kind of some marks. Hey, cause we did have some, one thing I did, I failed to mention, we did have some uh, decoys out. I had a hen and a Jake out. Uh, so they were looking, they were so focused on them. And, and even though we we're very close, I don't think they noticed that we were there and turkeys, they see 50 times better than us. To be that close to one and to call them in from about 600, you know, yards away. I mean, I was extremely proud of myself because like the no kidding, second time I've ever been turkey hunting. So I was very proud of myself too. Um, but anyways, uh, at some point, I think my son said, okay, I'm going to take the shot and he gets up and I think excitement got the best of me. <laughs> so he had a, my turkey gun, 535 Mossberg, and he literally shot this thing from a knee. It almost put him on his butt, man. And uh, I'm telling you what, I was so impressed because we practiced this uh, before we went out. This is like the night before we practiced, hey, if you missed the first shot, do a follow-up shot. We call it dumb turkey. So he hit, he shot. I didn't see any feathers. I didn't see anything that looked like he hit a turkey. And all I yelled out was dumb turkey because they were still like moving. And he took another, did a follow-up shot immediately. I was so proud of him. They were already had some really good distance by that follow-up shot, and then they took the flight. So totally missed that opportunity. And my son was extremely disappointed. I mean, he was upset, and I couldn't tell you how proud of him I was. The amount of discipline that my son had to show and responsibility of safety first and foremost and doing all those things to get that close because, I mean, I was like, an arm's reach of him, but he had to be in front of me doing all that because obviously he has the shotgun. And, um, I was so impressed. I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm such a proud, I'm mean, so proud of you, man. It, as a father, I, I, you know, the Turkey is secondary for him to be safe, for him to follow instructions, for him to apply discipline, for him to sit in all these like awkward positions all day for him to go out in the morning be unsuccessful and still want to return and go after it. I was so impressed. I mean, those are life skills that you just can't learn in a book. Those are life skills you just cannot learn on a TV show and whatever. You learn them by going out and doing it. And Chuck, I hope you're listening, brother. I am so grateful. I'll say this until the day I lose breath. I'm so grateful that you were the guy that I could look to last year and say, hey, man, I want to go turkey hunt. And you said, I'll take you because I was able to share that experience with my son. And we have a bond and an experience that I will take to my grave. It was a very special weekend, a very special moment. And I could I could relive every moment every day of my life and be happy. So Chuck, thank you so much. You gave me that. And guess what? This weekend, my son and I will be back out and we'll be hitting the Sand Hill game lands and hopefully we get one this time. That's really touching. Like what, what is it? Is that, that brief moment that you looked at him after that, that, that moment you shared as a father and a son that you take him out and experience that, like what, what was that like? You know, I'll be honest with you. It was way before he even got up and took the shot. It was me watching him low crawl 
and me watching him, the way he would move with the shotgun, always keeping it in a safe position, you know, and, and he, and I think, and honestly, I told him, Hey, you know what? When he told me later, he says, I just wasn't sure when to take the shot. I said, well, that's not your fault. That's my fault because that means I didn't give you that information. So you didn't fail. I failed you. You know, that's one great thing about my Marine Corps experience. And one of my leaders shared with me, I use in daily life, you know, as a manager, as a leader, whatever. There's a saying in the Marine Corps, Marines don't fail, leaders fail. And that's the truth. You know, out there, I am my son's leader. I am his guide. So he doesn't know something. It's because as a father, I didn't share it with him so he can be successful. And I'm telling you, man, just just watching him go through that field. I mean, it wasn't like a five yard low crawl. Like it was straight up Marine Corps low crawl. And it was horrible ground, dude. Hard as rocks, knees hurting. We were both sore the next day. You know, that it's just a fact. And uh, say what you want. Yeah, but we were both sore, man. So for me, I, I never hunted. Uh, but now, my um, you know, I've listened to the podcast with you guys talking. And, and, you know, what you just said, Brian, for me, I am really looking forward to the day when, when Riker and I go out and we learn to hunt together. And we learn to shoot bows together. And it's going to be great because we're both lefties. So we're definitely going to be more deadly than anybody else out there. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but I, 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 I am I am looking forward, to, you know, to to that and like, you know, and, and being able in, you know, three years or whatever to come, you know, on the show and give you my first turkey hunting with my son experience. That, that's awesome, man. And I, I'll tell you this. I get it. I, I, you know, we came from the same cut. The last thing I wanted to do was go back in the field. Like, I, that's, I didn't hunt for decades, man. Last thing I wanted to do was go to the ranch yeah. on the week. I mean, I understand. But I'm telling you, man, I, I just got re-energized once I left my last job and I went to this new job and I had all this time. I was like, man, I want to get back into this. And it's just doing it. And it really is. And if you ever need help or you've got questions, you mean, you can always hit me up, man. And that's anybody out there. If I don't know, I don't know the resource. I will find somebody for you that can help you get out there because I promise you, you will love doing this. And it's not even about the kill, y'all. I mean, you are providing food for your family. You're teaching someone to be independent. But there's all these other experiences you're getting out of that. And you know what? You think you're going to be successful every time. <laughs> no, you're not. Absolutely not. Because you you are the person, you're, you are what does not belong out there. And you have to work in that environment. And each one of these animals, they're survivalists. Every day, that's all they think about. I think about eating, think about surviving, making babies. And that's it. So I film a lot of my hunts, and that's 100% accurate. You, you see the 10% on TV of the successful hunt, the successful kill, and the aftermath of it, which which is a, it's a great experience, the, the bonding, the camaraderie of the sport. That's what draws us all in, yes. Um, but the endeavors of, you know, stalking, uh, the off-season preparation, et cetera. But ultimately, I, when I listened to you, Brian, it was like, Man, that's exciting. Oh, the thunderous goggles. I can see myself there. I can picture it. But what got me and what got me right in the feelings and, you know, like, you know, make you almost tear up was that moment, those, those monumentous, like, your kids. And you only get those if you take a kid hunting, if you introduce somebody to the outdoors. And it's like, 
no matter what differences you might have, you always remember those times when your old man took you out hunting, your first buck kill, your first turkey kill, you know, or when whoever your mentor was takes you to the outdoors and you get to spend those special times. And it's like, I can't stress that enough. Just get outside, do it, you know, take somebody out there that, it, that wants to be there and you will have lifetime memories. And then as well, like you said, you're providing a, a renewable resource for your family. It, 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 it's very, very special is my point. We'd like to feature your successes and outdoor adventures. So shoot up the pics over to us with a brief story, route16.com and select contact. That's route16.com and select contact. All right, everybody, Ron with Riker USA, and I'm really excited to announce that we are launching our first accessory to the Riker Grip. It is a direct M-Lock mount, and what this does is it puts the profile of the grip to the rifle a quarter inch closer, and it no longer requires you to have a minimum three-inch piece of Picatinny to attach to an M-Lock rail. Uh, I've been running it for the last eight months. It's been in prototype for the last eight months. Uh, it's got about six months on the ground in Afghanistan, and it's awesome. Now, how do you get one? Go to RikerUSA.com, get your email registered into uh, into our database, and you'll be getting an email blast uh, starting Friday, April 10th, and again um, next week. And then you'll get all the information on how you can do this. We're only limiting this first run to our email base only. And uh, thank you guys for the support. Pick up a Riker Grip, pick up a Riker Direct M-Lock mount, and see you on the range. On target. Well, welcome to our On Target segment, where you receive the inside scoop on brands, products, and training that can help you set up your hunt and range game. This week, we're going to compare military life to the current situation with the stay-at-home policies enforced because of the coronavirus, COVID-19, or the Wu flu, whatever you want to call it. We want to talk about having a routine, have a plan, understand that plans change, make a new one, and keep moving forward. I also want to touch on the new gun owner. If you are new to being told you can't do something as an adult, find a veteran, talk to a veteran, and ask them how did they deal with this. This is very similar to being deployed. This is very similar to being in a military lifestyle or a military environment. A great way for me to, um, to you know, I guess, um, show common, common ground here is we, in, in the Marine Corps, we call it a float, and we will go on these six-month deployments on, um, on the ship, and you would have to get a routine so you didn't go crazy, and you would get up, and you would work out, you would eat, you would come back, you'd read a book, you'd clean your gun, you'd work out, you'd eat lunch, you'd come back after lunch, you'd take a nap, you'd do something silly like busted deck, you'd work out one more time, you'd eat dinner, and then you'd watch a movie, and then you'd go to bed, and then you would repeat. And having a routine is important. You know, one of the things I thought was interesting when Will Smith made I Am Legend, he talked to a lot of prisoners and found some uh, former POWs and asked them how they survived and what did they did. And they all told him, like, no matter how mundane or how monotonous, they did the same thing every single day. 
They said routine. You have to have something to do. You have to have something to focus on and take your mind off it. So use this time. Use this time to build your routine and have your plan. And that plan is everything. That plan is everything from how you guys are going to collect groceries uh, is to working out as a family, you know, if, unless you're, you know, you're single. Um, but, but understanding your surroundings, understanding your resources, what do you have? What do you, what are you short of? And then you need to start prioritizing things that fit into your routine and your plan so that when things change and things get worse, hopefully they don't you can adjust and continue to move forward. Uh, again, it's just, it's really important not to sit around and soak and feel sorry for yourself, but just to get up there and, and just do something. And, you know, if you don't have a gym, you don't need a gym. We've gone, you know, you know Brian and I have done years and Ethan years of our life where we didn't have gyms. All we did was, you know, how many push-ups can you do in an hour? How many flutter kicks can you do? So there's tons of stuff. Uh, do you have, you know, you guys, we talk, we talk about hunting. Do you have the ability to hunt, uh, you know, randomly in the event to feed your family? Uh, I read an article today where Pennsylvania is closing a few of the meat, uh, meat processing plants because employees have come down with the COVID-19 and they're going to be closed for three weeks. So this is going to put a shortage, uh, probably a little ripple effect. We're all going to feel in about a week or so. So this is not a normal situation. It's absolutely just, it, it's horrible, but we are all in this together, you know, and, and we, you know, you aren't alone. So if you are feeling, you know, stressed and overwhelmed and stir crazy, talk to somebody, you know, reach out to somebody. Uh, if you finish Netflix, start it over, you know, but, but really just that's more of a joke than anything. But um, uh, just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward and don't let it beat you down. And the next thing I want to touch on is a new gun owner. In the month of March, there was two and a half million gun sales, which uh, I'm pretty sure that the coronavirus just beat President Obama as the best gun salesman in history. And let alone that he, they did it in a month. Uh, what you're seeing, though, is traditionally a lot of anti-gunners, a lot of very far, I guess you could say, left, um, you know, anti-Second Amendment people who are realizing that uh, the Constitution wasn't really guidelines. It's actually uh, it's actually super important and uh, shall not be infringed upon is is, you know, something that we should be paying a lot of attention to if things take a turn for the worse here. So you had a lot of people going out in panic and feeling the need to arm themselves. And this is great. And I, and, and I applaud them for going against their beliefs and going against something that this maybe has been, you know, beat into them over the years and trying something new because they feel they, they realize that they have no way to protect themselves. And they also understand that, that law enforcement is not going to get there fast enough. And it took this virus for them to wake up. And I get that. And I applaud that. And I say, welcome to the second amendment family, but don't, don't bring your California into my North Carolina. We're not going to have that. So with that, be responsible, use YouTube, go in there, understand the four basic safety rules of firearms, understand the laws as they pertain to you on storage of firearms, especially if you have a minor in the house. Uh, the, and, and for those of you that don't know, anyone under 18, 
if you have a firearm in your house, it must be locked, whether a, a trigger guard lock in a safe, uh, in a lock box, it has to be locked. If a child picks it up and recklessly handles a firearm and, and wounds or kills somebody, the owner of the gun is responsible. There's no questions asked. So you have to understand that it's not just about buying the gun and protecting yourself. And the next big thing about that is training is training. Be a seeker. Don't just all of a sudden think that you're going to pick a pistol up because you bought, you know, you walked in, you got a, you got a Glock, you know, 19 X now, and you're going to, you're going to be John Wick because you've watched John Wick 50 times. It doesn't work like that. Uh, you have to put in the work. You have to receive training. Something else we talked about on On Target in the past is medical training. So along with firearms training, get your medical training. So new gun owners, please understand the four basic safety rules. Treat every weapon as if it were loaded, even after you've ensured it to be unloaded and unsafe. Keep your finger straight off the trigger, outside the trigger well, trigger guard, to on target with the intent to shoot. Never cover the muzzle with anything you're not willing to lose, compromise, or destroy. And be sure of your target's foreground and background. This is your foundation. If anybody, if anybody has any questions, you want to talk about training, uh, please contact me. Uh, you know, Riker USA on Instagram, RikerUSA.com is our website. You guys can reach out to me. I will get back to you. And we do travel to train. We are putting on any training currently because of this, because we are adhering to the social distancing. Uh, like I said, I have a three-year-old and I don't want to take a chance of bringing something back into the house to harm my son. So make a plan, have a plan, have a routine and get trained. Hey, Ron, man, really good segment. A lot of great information there. And I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, it's awesome that you mentioned the new gun owner. And I'll be honest with you, that's something I wouldn't even thinking about right now. You're right. There's been so many gun sales out there and there's all these people who have never even owned a gun and to cover that and bring that out and just remind people. And I, I tell you too, like those of you who have shot before that, one of the hardest people to train are people who know how to shoot. Yes, I agree with you completely. Get the, the, the training aspect and just understanding you know, reinforcing what I said, you know, with, with the safety rules and, and getting training and the fundamentals of marksmanship are going to take you a long way. Uh, no, if, if you do purchase firearm folks, hey, just make sure you know what you have in your hands and make sure you practice, you know, safety at all times, especially what Ron touched on, you know, those four weapon safety rules, acronyms, or, you know, or not acronyms, just so giddy, treat, never keep keep. Go attend one of these courses, even if you don't, you know, consider concealed carrying. Make sure you have a, a family member who is versed in it or a, a, a military member of your family. Or you go to, like I said, one of these courses. Ron puts on a great course with Riker that, you know, I recommend everybody attend. Just make sure you know what you have and make sure you treat it with the utmost respect and responsibility. You can never avoid the basics. And I think one of the things is, you know, shooting a rifle, shooting a gun, shooting, you know, with just iron sight, shooting with optics. This is a technical skill set. And, you know, you should have tried to achieve your PhD in it. And even after then, you're still practicing and applying the basics and whatnot. You can never stop training when it comes to this because the training is what keeps you ready for what you carry it for, whether it be hunting, protection, both, whatever the case may be but you're ready for whatever it is for. 
And Ron, you covered, you know, you talked about medical training, you talked about routine, you covered a lot of ground in this. And I do hope that people are really listening to this. And, you know, y'all, if you do have some questions, reach out to Ron, hit him up. Uh, He's got a lot of great resources, has a lot of great knowledge, RikerUSA.com. You also can find him at Instructor One, uh, all together, Instagram, Facebook, and whatnot. We'll have his uh, info in the show notes. But Ron, thank you so much for that segment, brother. No, I, you know, I love being part of the show with the on-target segment and, and, um, and know it's a little out of the norm for, for, you know, for you, the off-road community, but, you know, that's one of the things that when we talked, you know, having you asking me to come on and, you know, do this stuff, I, you know, I enjoy it. Um, I, I, I like it, you know, and what you said, it's, it's important to remain a student. You know, I have probably over when 25 years of military and government service, and then, you know, 11 years as a firearm, an individual firearms instructor, I've got probably close to 10,000 hours of, of training, you know, in my life. And I've, I have trained thousands of people and I still remain a student. I still watch other people's videos. I still take training because I can always get better and I can always improve my class and I can always improve the product that I put out. Um, you know, as a firearms instructor, I, 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 oh, I say this in all my classes, I have a goal. I, I would love to be able to provide you so much instruction that you would never have to take another firearms course again because I did that good of a job. And that's the standard that I want to get to. It's not practical. It's not possible. But that's where I want to be. I want to constantly reinvent myself, my classes, and making sure I'm putting out something that's safe but something that is aggressive, fundamentally based, but practical and not, not trained to a range standard, but trained to the standard of survivability. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, and it's coronavirus. I've been cooped up in the house. For about a week and a half now, I've, I've cleaned everything there is to clean. Uh, took out all my camping. Man, when when the governor gives us the go ahead, man, I'm I'm ready to hit hit the mountains. But I, I got everything, all my gear cleaned, ready to go. Just uh, I feel sorry for some of these other people that are that don't really have anything to do. Uh, take the camping gear out and camp out in the yard. And uh, that's that's kind of fun. Kids will enjoy it. Unless you live in an apartment, then that's just kind of weird. But, uh, guys, your thoughts and prayers go out for everybody that's unfortunate. And uh, really keeping your thoughts and prayers, my wife and kids, because they've been cooped up in the house with me for about two weeks now. And if, if you think you got it bad, just think how bad they have it. They have to deal with me. All right, guys, keep up the work, and I'll catch you later. Have a good one, bye. Hey, this is Mickey G, and uh, I guess I meant all this uh, COVID-19 stuff. Uh, the wife and I were really getting stir-crazy, so uh, we loaded up the Jeep and headed up into the mountains. Uh, before everybody gets upset, uh, we stayed, we practiced social distancing, in fact, the only thing we came in contact with was a uh, self-serve fuel pump. Other than that, we brought our own food and everything. So we were away from people, but we were, you know, in my Jeep bubble, so to speak. 
and Chuck, if you're listening, good call on Linville Falls. Beautiful area. Uh, we did a lot of uh, just driving around, wandering. Found found a really nice off-road trail. I'm gonna post about it on my uh, YouTube channel. But uh, another question I have is uh, topo maps. What's a good place to get a free topo map? That's the one big mistake I made is I didn't bring a paper map and uh, my tablet failed. So that's part of the reason why we got lost. And uh, if you want, that's, I guess that's something for a future show. But anyhow, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling, I have a question about uh, legal legalities. Uh, like when you're pulled over for legally being drunk, if it's legal, how can they pull you over for it? All right, boys and girls, Nick does not condone drinking and driving. <laughs> Nick does not condone drinking and operating anything. All right, guys, you have a good show. Bye. Yeah, so Nick had to throw his disclaimer at the end there. <laughs> disclaimer, Nick PG does not condone drinking and driving. I am not liable. <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, Nick uh, did the double feature uh, for you because we missed last week, but I really appreciate you calling in. And I do know where you can find Topo Maps. I don't have it on uh, on my notes right now, but I'll get that out to you. There's a couple of areas you can go. Um, I actually use a, uh, a GPS that Bluetooth to my tablet, and I use that with maps on my tablet. So they're downloaded. And I know the UCGS or, you you know, what a geospatial agency, uh, you can get some stuff from there too. But I'm not, I think you might have to pay for those. But there's a few apps out there that'll, that'll get you in the ballpark. But thank you so much, Nick, for calling, man. Appreciate it. And I love your project. Everyone, hey, go check out Jeep and Nick YouTube. He's got a great channel. And just look at this wonderful project he has going on. Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overland, wheeling, or adventure news. And give us a call at the Route 16 Grind Hotline, 919-694-3356. And maybe you will be on our next show. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by Seasteak Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to Seasteak Coffee. Seasteak Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.seasteakcoffee.com. What a show. Ron, thank you so much for being here. Man, we covered a lot of ground here, man. We did. We did. Thank you again for having me. It's, um, it's, it's some crazy times that we're, we're in right now, but uh, you know, we just got to stay focused, and we're in it together. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Ethan, you've been, on, you like been moving during this time, man. How's that been? I have moved from Pennsylvania to North Carolina. I own a home in North Carolina, so... I actually had my belongings stored in Pennsylvania, and let me tell you the difficulties with renting a a moving truck. All right, let me preface. I am with my profession, essential personnel, so I was not doing this frivolously, but (laughs) 
with the closures and, you know, uh, being able to utilize the essential assets that I needed to facilitate this move for myself and my family and for my career proved very, very difficult. And shout out to Penske. Y'all were open. Y'all had the best deals for the, you know, the round trip. <laughs> I can't complain. You know, it was definitely some hiccups, some bumps in the road, but we, we got it done. And let me just say, uh, one of my trips up from one of my, you know, trips down from Pennsylvania, we took 95. And then the other time we took the, the 73 to 77 to 52 and all that up to West Virginia into the southwestern region of Pennsylvania. The amount of people on the road was minimal. Folks, give a shout out to your local uh, logisticians, your truckers, et cetera, because they are working diligently around the clock to uh, provide goods for you know the local populace in stores. Because all you see on the roads right now are 18 wheelers, Amazon Prime, Food Lion, Walmart. You know, all these big major corporations are still uh, you know getting things up and down, you know, at least my coast, and I, I would imagine all throughout the U.S., and there are minimal people on the road, but I, I will say about every five miles, if there is a banner, a, a, a illuminated banner for the state, you know, it's saying, stay home, COVID-19, you know, practice social distancing, et cetera, so... I, I do respect that people are doing that, but I will say that with this move, with this promotion, with this, you know, job relocation, it has proven difficult. So yet another impingement of the, of the COVID-19, but we're working through it, man. Yeah. You know, you mentioned some good points about thanking those people. Like, again, it's probably the people that we know are there. We just don't thank them enough throughout just a normal, you know, process of any day uh, outside of this. Like, you know, mail still moving. You know, the mail people literally are going to every house and still delivering in this process. You know, the people that actually do work at the supermarkets and doing the stocks and engaging with the community, the people at those, you know, key essential, you know, stores that are open still. You know, me, when I went to the dealership, uh, they're working half staff, but they were still able to get me out so I can get back out. I mean, these are people we see every day that, you know what, we probably need to show more appreciation for. And I think you're right, man. Thank you so much to all those people out there that are still providing those services and goods to ensure that our quality life is still sustained through all this. And, and Ron, far as your community and your day of life, man, how's this been for you? Not much has really changed for us uh, with this. My wife works from home and I'm the retired stay-at-home dad. Other than when I travel to promote the Riker grip with Riker USA or teach firearms, whether it be during the week or on the weekend, I'm home. And the, the greatest thing for me about that is being an old dad is I'm with my son almost every single day. And all this is done now is just, is really is just every day is, is something new. We have adventures. My wife was a, a teacher in her, uh, her previous profession and my son isn't going to, he was going to a pre preschool at one of the churches here. So we do activities with him. We get up, we work out. He, he does his little workout with us. It's, it's kind of funny. And then, um, you know, we eat breakfast and then we do his activities, you know, uh, in five days, he's learned the pledge of allegiance. He's three. And he's got the Lord's prayer down and we're working on some songs and we're, you know, we're doing, you know, motor skill stuff like that. And we get that done. And then we, he and I, we have a creek behind our house. We're clearing brush. 
uh, we're making trails, you know, we're going on adventures. And then for me, then the organization stuff, we have like, we have upped our property value with all the work we've been doing in the yard, adding uplighting and mulch and refreshing everything. And then my attic is organized and my armory is organized. And I've like, it's just, it's awesome. It's making me like focused on stuff, but you know, touching back on what I said is, is uh, we were making a plan, we're having a routine and we're following it every single day, you know, and that's like working up and then we stop, we have dinner, we have, we have tubby time, we have story time, you know, bedtime. Sunday is the cool thing. Our church, I just want to throw this in our church. We've actually been having some friends come over. We set, we set uh, the laptop up in the garage and um, everybody like gets their chair, social distancing. And we, we worship on Sunday together as, as a community um you know the best we can so um yeah man that's kind of that that's it we're really just it's just almost normal routine here but um some things are a little bit more focused like the activities with my son and and um but now also adding in the extra steps you know if anybody comes by not getting in contact with anybody and constantly constantly cleaning and wiping stuff down yeah, I mean, I for me, like my wife and I, we kind of look at, hey, if we got to go to the store, like one of us goes, we really look at that kind of stuff. For for me, I mean, my work has been busy for my job job, and it was so cool. Like my uh, CEO this week has realized that we have just been going go since all this stuff started. Like we, everybody, whole company, like all in, offering uh, lots of different services and stuff. And uh, he's basically said, hey, we, we're going to take a timeout. You know, he gave me basically a time after Friday. We're stopped until Tuesday. We'll answer the, the phone. We'll do the things we need to do to keep our clients happy and supported. But we need a break. And it was so awesome for him to identify that because it's real. like I, I literally have been busy. And I, I'm a fortunate uh, employee that I work on site providing uh, services for my client as well as I work from home. So I'm kind of used to working from home. But what I've realized, too, is... You still need to find that time throughout the day because like my kids are home, you know, my, my youngest son uh, still goes to school and being able to still engage and do that, spend that time. And I'm enjoying that. And like you said, that routine. So I make sure to put my breaks in to where I'm going out, seeing what they do and not just getting diving in. Like what sometimes will happen, you just get so absorbed with that one thing you're focusing on. And I fell into that problem with my last job. I absolutely, you know, hey, this has to get done and and whatnot. But you're not really helping yourself necessarily or, you know, helping your family by not engaging, especially in a situation like this. I mean, I love it. My niece is out here. Uh, you know, Ron and I were talking, he's like, Hey man, you know, it might be good for her to get out of LA. And that's kind of an inside joke with Ron, but yeah, she came out. She's a model in New York and LA. She bounced between both those locations, uh, tough life. And uh, she, uh, she's here with us. So I love having her here and it's been great, uh, spending time with her that I wouldn't normally have as an uncle. And then just being able to enjoy, uh, the daily life with my family and seeing the things I wouldn't normally see consistently, that has just been enjoyable. But with that said, at some point, we do have to go back to work. Like, as a nation, we need to go back to work. We need to, you know, put people back to work. They're hurting right now. And, you know, we have things. I'm hoping that we approach things a little bit differently. And maybe there's some new businesses, maybe some new business approaches that happen that we learn from this entire, uh, you know, COVID issue. So I read an article, actually, that, like there is positive 
to come out of this. Like this, as a nation, we may or may not have, depending on your perspective, needed this reset. You know, as yeah, for social media, as for social distancing, as for you know the way we go about our daily lives. Maybe this there is good to come out of this. However, like my best friend, he was furloughed for ninety days. He's in the uh, food service industry for K through twelve. So even though they tried to keep him employed for an extended amount of time with doing like curbside pickup because uh, uh, taxpayer dollars, you know, et cetera, going down through the demographics for students, he was able to stay employed while he, you know, facilitated curbside pickups for students, even though they weren't in school. So... You know, returning to a, returning to a normality is going to be a big step, and I think that I think that there's some there's some there's some depth to take away from that aspect of like, hey, we might have needed this herd as a as a nation, but there's also like, hey, this is really hurting a lot of people, and you know whether or not it's taking uh, you know out of perspective or not is something also to consider, but we just have to keep plugging along. You know, those of us who are working, those of us who are keeping society at an equilibrium, just keep, hey, keep doing what you're doing, and, uh, you know, we're going to come out of this on top. Yeah, I agree with it. We absolutely can endure this, and we will you know, go further from it. And I'm, I'm looking for all the great ingenuity that's going to come out of it. I'm going to look for the great solutions because that's what Americans, what really does make us a, a very unique society. We're very solution driven. And I just wish we could take that same approach and like, you know, different strategies of our government, you know, Hey, let's focus on a solution, identify the problem, focus on solution. They did it in world war two and, and they're doing it right now. And, uh, you know, some approaches I may not agree with and whatnot, but I'm talking about the individual level. I'm talking about the people themselves and what they can do. Cause for me to put gloves on and that's the only inconvenience I have, or maybe I have to go into a store mask up because that's what they want. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. And for, for someone to have the assurance because they, they are someone vulnerable with that. I live in a area where there is a lot of retirees. We're talking people, you know, late sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. I absolutely see most of them mask up. I get it. I totally understand. And if I could show support just by doing that little bit for them, I have no problem with it. Yeah. They actually passed uh, some orders for, uh, for the, Bases, at least the one I operate on, that it is a mass, uh, 100% mass um, ordinance. You know, they even sent out orders as to, hey, if you can't afford a mask, if you cannot find an N95 mask, or even a, hey, I'm standing drywall mask, you know, here's how you can make one out of the t-shirt. So, you know, people government and company policies were passed down and it's like, please comply with this. And it's like, absolutely. You know, and, and I have not, I have not seen anybody that has not. So I, I see a lot of people doing their part and I see a lot of people in the supermarkets that are doing their part. So we, we just got to appreciate people that are complying with this, this current situation. But, <laughs> I, I know, found, uh, 
you know, I kind of found it funny that, you know, and, and, you know, if someone takes it the wrong way, I really don't care. But I find it funny you provide an order saying you must do this, but you don't provide the utility to do it. And then, you know, this was like, you know, like Ron, when we were in, when they did the junk on the bunk and you had all these inspections, IGs and all that, and you actually had to buy all this gear just for that inspection, just a waste of money. So here you got some dudes that, you know what I'm saying? They're like broke every payday and you're telling them, Hey, cut one of their three t-shirts up to make a mask. You know, I think there, the middle ground is where you go down to supply with all this, you know, gear that you do have t-shirts or whatever material, or you go to Dermo and say, Hey, we could utilize that material. Then you put a working party together and you make masks. You basically get you know, you just do it that way. That's to me, like, I guarantee you one of my old gunnies would have absolutely said, hey, get online. We're making masks. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Everyone gets two. go away, you know, and you be accountable for those yeah. things. To, I mean, to, I guess with that, you know, I guess with that, I appreciate them sending out instructions on how to make it. Fortunately, my mother is a physician in the medical industry. So she's just, you know, force feeding me masks, but I, I you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I appreciate the uh, in, inventiveness of, you know, contractors and nobodies alike. Because they're cutting up skivvy shirts. They're cutting up skivvy shorts. <laughs> you know, they're, they're using buffs like you would for fishing, uh, if you all know that term. I mean, people are getting inventive, which I appreciate. But ultimately, they're at least abiding by the rule. And like you said, it's <laughs> like... I love how they, you know, actuate a role, but they don't provide the materials that you need. To be yeah, able to that's just the only part that kind of hits me when you look at the, the the young ones and stuff like that. Like, you know, my niece, that's what she's doing. One of her daily activities is she makes masks and she sends them out to, uh, you know, places that need them and stuff. But yeah, anyways, that's just me. Maybe I'm just a grumpy old Marine. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Ethan touched on something, you know, and, and, and you did too, Brian, about just doing our part. And one of the things that, that I've done over the years on, on our social media is before Memorial Day, before Fourth of July, before Thanksgiving, you know, and New Year's and stuff, I always try to put out like a little PSA. And, you know, like, hey, basically, you know, uh, our, our, your safety brief, your, your 96 you know, before you hit that 96, you're getting that safety brief. And, and it's just basically a slow down, you know, slow down. Somebody's probably having a much worse day than you, and you could actually help them if you're not so self-absorbed. And, you know, I've, I've seen 50-50 I've seen on, on um, society here. Some people are helping, and then there's some people who, on the, on the flip side, one, don't think this thing is that serious, don't think it's real, or are just being straight up. And, um, you know, so hopefully it all comes full circle and balance. I will say that we are using uh, delivery services. Like, the, they, they have this um, InstaCheck thing they started here. And they go to Costco, Publix, and everything. So we get everything delivered. And one of the things that we've added, a step that we have added during this is now is we're letting the stuff sit for a minute. We're wiping it all down before we bring it in the house. So I don't know if that's overkill, but hey, it gives, it, 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 you, you can look at it like this. It gives us something to do. 
Right, right, right. And, and you know what? You, it's your family. There's no such thing as, you know, in my mind, when it's your family uh, being overcautious and stuff, you have a young child. Uh, you don't know. I mean, there are healthy people that are getting this, too. This isn't just uh, obviously uh, most of the people that are having the most difficult problems with it are ones with pre-existing conditions, you know, uh, the immune systems already compromised, etc. But there are healthy people who are getting this and uh, people around your age and, and my age and, and younger, uh, there's children that had this has been affecting. So, you know, I, I get it. And am I like, like I said before, if it's just me having to put gloves on and, and, uh, you know, masking up or putting something on my face for a little bit while I'm outside, while I'm in a specific area in the public, uh, because that makes other people comfortable. I mean, to me, it's a small inconvenience, uh, for the situation. And, you know, going back to some of the other things that we talked about where, you know, municipalities, states, governments at every level, I mean, they they are absolutely seizing this opportunity, I think, to push the envelope on some of the, you know, our liberties and stuff. Um, and, and it's this is not a conspiracy talk. This is this is things that you just got to be aware of, because I'm a firm believer that, you know, government, its whole true existence is to absorb more power. And if we as a people do not keep that in check, it will assume all power. That that's something that always concerns me anytime, you know, for my my village, honestly, just listen, the village leadership, in my opinion, all they did was listen to the chatter and made an emotional decision, not an educated decision on some of, some of the things they followed. Well, everyone else is doing it. You know, I get it. Uh, some things might make sense for other areas. Does that make sense for us? You know, you really need to look at each situation, each uh, municipality, whatever the case may be, as its own entity. Like some some states are not following the standard trends, and that's that's what I love about state rights is you know the federal government on some things just can't come in and say you will do this. I think these are things that we can absolutely look at through this. We can learn from it. Uh, we are in an election year, and uh, you know when you go to that voting booth, you really need to think about how you vote. I, I truly believe that you. you Want to solve the problems? I guarantee you, if, if you're just voting R or D, uh, it's a wasted vote. You need to actually get in and meet the person, talk to them, understand. And if they're not answering the mail, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm the guy that has no problem writing in, writing in somebody. Zero problem. I do it all the time and I go to bed just. You know, in the last uh, preliminary elections we just had not too long ago, uh, I'm a registered independent. And I don't want to show affiliation to either party. Right on. Because I, I, I don't want to be bombarded with them. But I've also been that's, – that's, I've been that since I was 18, since I was a registered voter. And when we went to do our elections this year, we had to pick Republican or Democrat. What? There wasn't a combined sheet. Yeah. It was, you're, you're this one or this one. And I was like, but there's people I like on both. And they're like, well, you have to pick. Do you want this or that? And I was like, so I, can I vote twice? I'm confused. And they're like, no, you have to pick. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. And then the other thing, because in Wilmington, it's, we have county and we have city. Right. I, we live in the county, which is better for taxes. We couldn't vote on the, uh, on the mayor election, which was the other thing that like, kind of had me a little upset about. And I was just like, that just doesn't make sense. So, um, but yeah, I just, I just, you made me think about that and I want to share that because that I honestly don't ever remember any time in my life ever voting where I had to 
to choose a specific party card. That's the I'm assuming because you're saying Wilmington is requiring yes. to choose. Okay, because I, I lived in Tender and Onto, but mostly Tender. And it was always, you know, open selection. Um, uh, that is eye-opening information. And I, I cannot believe that that is a thing, to be honest. And well, there's another there's another little odd thing to that that just happened this week here. Uh, the mayor uh, deemed he, he went against his um, you know his his constituents and put up policies where they were not allowed to sell Easter candy. It had to be purchased <laughs> online. They were not allowed to sell it in the store. Uh, yeah, and and the mayor just go, went ahead and kind of forced this issue, forced his personal opinion and that's something that i always said in the marine corps is like there's a difference between professional opinion and personal opinion would especially when it came to tattoos but getting back to the mayor he's now influencing his personal beliefs and deeming what is uh, essential or non-essential for the individual to choose in in a privately owned store yeah and that's a huge issue with me and with a lot of different things i think that's one thing where Again, maybe, and let's take in what we, a lot of this show revolves around. Maybe you're not a, a wheeler. Maybe you're not a hunter. Maybe you're not a fisherman, whatever the case may be. Maybe you don't like some of the activities there. That's fine. You don't have to do it, but you should not suppress the people who are interested in doing it. You may not like guns. Fine. You don't have to own any. But when you represent a community, you represent everyone in that community. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I think is forgotten about when uh, a representative gets there. I have that issue in my very small village, man. And I will tell, this is the way I approach it. Cause for years I was just this guy looking at all this chaos in my village. And I said, I need to get involved. So I, you know, put my name in a hat to get a part of a board. So I'm on a board with my local village. Um, I also said, you know what? I want to start a, a community emergency response team. I, I've been do, trying to get this started for almost 10 years now, y'all. Just this year it got through. So I just kept at it and everything else. We're getting sponsored by the village fire department. The county's involved. The state cert reps involved. So I've got all my ducks in a row. And I got about 20 volunteers now to, to get that rolling. But you have to get involved. And if you're going to make an argument of everything, no one's going to listen to you. You have to bring reason and you and you have to have an open channel. And that's one thing I'm telling you, I, I have to bite my lip. I Believe me, Ron, you know me very well. Um, I do. I have to bite my lip, but I also have to look at I want to keep the conversation going. That's what I love about all these activities that we do, whether it be hunting, fishing, wheeling, overlanding, you know, hiking, whatever it may be, going out to a field, flying kites, whatever you may do. That activity can bridge, can be a bridge, bring people together to where you can communicate because you have that thing in common. I wheel with people, and I said on the show numerous times, I wheel with people absolutely that politically we are not on the same page, but I don't hold it against them and they don't hold it against me. We're able to help each other, support each other, everything else. And you know what? We'll be able to listen to each other. We may, we don't have to agree. We absolutely do not have to agree. And with all this stuff going on, we should demand that from our elected leaders. We're not here to win a popularity contest. We're not here for you to agree with everyone. We're here for you to do the right thing based off of, no kidding, the Constitution and everything down. That's what you're there for. You're there to represent the people, not to be the mom and dad for the people. 
I like solution-based ideas, solution-based focus, solution-based strategy. And uh, I know y'all, this is not a political podcast, but guess what it is this time. Um, You know, it's just, that is what I look at. And that's one of the biggest issues I have is we are so much in picking sides and, you know, vote this only because uh, like, you know, this idea that all Republicans are conservatives. No, if you believe that I'll be honest with you, just read titles and colors and that's it. It's just not that way anymore. And you know, all people that are Democrat are hard uh, liberals. That's absolutely not the case either. There, there's some people that are not that, you know, far left, et cetera, and, and whatnot. We need to go after the people who are qualified. We need to go out to people who are going to do the right thing and do right. And that's how I look at it. Um, you got to get involved. I, I can't say it anymore. If you enjoy all the activities you you, you enjoy, you enjoy. Like, from in my opinion, there's no reason why I can't be on the trails in Uwari right now. You know, there's there is a middle ground. The problem is, it's a rash decision without any type of control, and it's an easy button to say, "Well, I'm government, and I'm just going to make this call. You can't do this, and you're not allowed." To me, that's just wrong. Absolutely wrong. 100% every day of the week. There's always middle ground. There's always a proper solution because ultimately we are here for our entire community. We're here for each individual, for every person within our community that we represent, and you need to represent them effectively. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, if you have an idea or maybe you would like to contribute one of our segments, all you have to do is go to route16.com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's R O O T. O-N-E-S-I-X dot com and select contact. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, C-State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. Okay, which one of y'all is going to run for president? Me. Yeah!